Revival don't just happen automatically. Revival happens when you get tired, when you say, Lord, I am tired of complacency. I'm tired of being passive. I'm going to take a step of faith and get into the calling that God has for me. Psalms chapter 85, if you have the word of God with you this morning. In Psalms chapter 85, the psalmist David talks about revival. And in Psalms 85 verse 6, it says this. Psalms chapter 85 verse 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? I'm going to read that one more time. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Let me define what revival is this morning. We all have a definition of what revival means. Other people may have a different definition of what revival is, but revival is to return to consciousness or, or life. This is what it means. It means to become active or flourishing again. To restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state. It means to renew in the mind or memory. That's what revival means. Now, let me tell you what revival is not. Y'all ready? Revival isn't a schedule on your calendar. Uh, it, it's not a series of church services that take place four to five days in a row. Are y'all still with me this morning? Now, don't get me wrong. Revival can come out of those services, right? But, but the revival is not the meetings themselves. Revival is your daily, everyday life. Revival is the life of God in you, the life of God in you. And so we've been really good at having revival at church, but are we having revival at home? Are we having revival? Do we pray with our family? Is there a personal renewal in your household? How often do you open up the Word of God in your home? Most of us, and I would, I would venture to say this, most of us only open the Word of God and pray here, not at home. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I'm here to tell you this morning, when you receive from God today here at church, when you receive the feel of God, the energy of God, the Spirit of God, listen, take that with you at home, take that with you wherever you go, and people, listen, when you got revival in your life, it's contagious, and other people start to feel the presence of God in their life. They're going to say, man, there's something going on in that person's life. God is working in that person's life. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to just be revived over and over again. I want to live in a constant state of revival. I want to live in a constant state of, Lord, I'm always focused on you. I'm always going for you. I may be, it doesn't mean we don't have problems. It doesn't mean we don't go through troubles. But we live in a constant state of spiritual awakening. Everybody say that with me. Spiritual awakening. So God is wanting us to be awakened. He says, awake to righteousness and sin not. So revival, here's another thing that revival is not. Revival is not trying to repeat the past moves of God. Do you know how you know if someone has a religious spirit? It's because they love God where he used to be. I want you all to listen to me. God is the only one who can exceed himself. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to go back to 1940. I don't want to go back to 1930. Well, I never was there. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that point. I want to get to where God is now. What is God doing in this season? Yes, God brought a healing revival in the tent meetings with 
A.A. A. Allen and with these different evangelists and different preachers in the 50s and the 40s. But I believe that God has something greater. And the Bible says that the latter house will be greater than the former house. And so I'm believing for God, for something greater, for something. I believe in the God who could do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. And that God is greater than, my, than what I can request. God is greater than any prayer that I can pray. He is greater. But sometimes I am concerned that we don't ask big enough prayers to God. That we don't pray a big prayer to God. God is the only one who can exceed himself. God, listen, God has taken us somewhere, not back to where we were. The Bible says that we are moved, that he is transitioning us from glory to glory, not from past to past. That he is transitioning us from anointing to anointing, from glory to glory, from a higher level to a higher level. And so God is saying, look, that is great. Some of you are in love with how the church used to be, but I'm going to show you something greater than how the church used to be. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you miracles, signs, and wonders in your life if you'll just trust me, if you'll just believe in me. How many in here believe that? I believe that. I believe God's wanting to do something. God's wanting to do something in 2019. God's wanting to do something in 2018 that he hasn't done in 1900. God is wanting to do something now that he hasn't done in Azusa Street. God is wanting to do something. And if you could just grasp this, and if you could just grasp what God is wanting to do in your life, and that God would just totally change your perspective. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I do not want any of this world. Give me Jesus. Listen, you're either all in or you're all out. You listen, there's no halfway in it. Well, I guess I'll halfway do this, halfway do that. No, you're either completely sold out or you're not sold out. You're completely sold out to revival or you're not sold out to revival. You're either completely sold out to Jesus Christ or you're not sold out to Jesus Christ. Are you sold out to him that no matter what you're going through, that no matter what you face, that you are completely committed to him, completely sold out to him and say, you know what, God, I, my soul belongs to you and I I invite the interruptions in my life. No, no, pastor. If I commit to him and if I'm totally sold out to God, then that means my life is going to be interrupted. He's going to interrupt my life and I'm too busy doing this and I'm too busy doing that. Listen, when you completely open yourself up to God, he's going to mess your calendar up. He's going to mess, listen, he's going to interrupt, listen, when Jesus did miracles in the word of God, they were interruptions. Remember the blind man, Bartimaeus? He said, thou son of David, have mercy on me, right? Jesus heard him. There's interruptions. And listen, you need to invite the divine interruptions in your life. And you know what? God's been working on me with that. I got, here I am. I'm, I'm busy with the work of the ministry. This has got to be done. That's got to be done. This has got to be done. i got to do this. I don't have time for interruptions. I don't have time to talk to a sinner. I don't have time to talk to somebody that don't know the Lord because I'm too busy doing this. I'm too busy doing that. Here's a good one. I'm too busy. i got to get to the fishing. i got to get to the river before the sun comes up to catch all the fish. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? But I don't have time. And the Lord begins to put somebody in your life and they begin talking to you about their problems. 
I ain't got time for your problems. Wait a minute, wait a minute. God's given you an opportunity to listen to them, to bring them to Jesus Christ. But here you are. I've got enough problems of my own. I don't need to hear your problems. Are you sold out to God? Listen, when you're sold out to God, you'll be willing to listen to people. You'll be willing to be there for them, show compassion on them because you understand that a soul saved is more important than anything else in your life. Is that true in your life? Is that soul, is that person important to you? Is that person important to you? Listen, some of us, we're trying to bring old things into our new day. And God is wanting to do a new thing in your life. Everybody say, new thing. God's wanting to do something new in your life. Something new. Something that's going to just go beyond your comprehension if you'll grasp it and believe it. Some of you have been going through the same old, same old because you've had a hard time believing God for more. You've had a hard time. Well, this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is. No, I'm telling you, we serve the God who can do. I'm going to say it one more time. We serve the God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power which works in us. God is not enough. He is more than enough. Don't limit God. Listen, the Bible says that the devils believe there's a God and they tremble. They even believe. They even believe in the power of God. Even demons believe in the power of God. Why can't we believe in the power of God? Why can't we believe God can work in our lives? God's wanting to do a new thing in your life. See, some of us, we've trusted Him to be Savior, but we haven't trusted Him to be healer. Right? Some of us, we trust Him to be healer, but we haven't trusted Him for our finances. So there's parts of God that you have not encountered yet because of the limiting beliefs that you accepted in your mind. Are y'all with me? God cares about every detail of your life. See, a diamond, everybody say a diamond. A diamond's reflection changes depending upon one's point of view. See, some of you haven't changed the angle of your view. And you haven't moved your position. And so what happens is you just know God to be just one thing in your life and not many things. And this is why sometimes when we say, who is God to you? He's my everything. Is he really your everything? Have you really changed your view of who God is? Right? He's a God of mercy, but you know he's also a God of wrath? He's a God of grace. He's a God of healing. Listen, is he truly your everything? God's wanting to do something new in your life. God is so much more than what you think. So what is revival? It's the presence of God in your life. That's what it is. I know everybody has a different definition, but that's what revival is. It's the life of God in you, reviving you back from complacency. Listen, some of us, we've been content just to go to church and not do anything with the church. Can I get an amen? We've been content to say, I'm, I'm good just going to church. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to serve. Listen, if you stay in that complacency and say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to witness. I don't want to do these things. I, I don't want to go to prayer meeting. I don't want to do this, do this. I just want to do this one thing. Listen, if you don't take time to fulfill God's call on your life, you're going to, it's a slippery slope and it's a slow fade. Amen, church. And God is saying, look, don't just go to church, be the church. Don't just go to church on Sunday morning. Don't just go to church on Wednesday, right? Don't just go. But he says, be the church on your job, wherever you go. Be who God has called you to be. Why don't you be real? Can I get an amen for that one? (laughs) Why don't I be real? Why don't we? Let me say it like that. Why don't we be real? 
and authentic wherever we are. Right? How do we create? How do we create a culture of revival? Well, let me define culture first. It means a, share, a set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an organization. See, the type of environment, that's what culture means. It means the environment. The type of environment we create will determine whether revival, whether we will experience revival. If we're not praying, if we're not praising, if we are not seeking the face of the Lord, listen, we're not going to receive that revival that the Lord has for us. You don't want to turn revival into an event. Y'all listen close. You don't want to turn it into an event. You want to turn it into an environment. So that way you don't have to say, hey, we're having revival in April for four nights. No, we're having revival right now on Sunday morning in Sunday school in a small group. And they're in there praying. They're not really going with what has been planned because God had a different plan. Can I get an amen? And you know what? We don't have to wait until somebody calls revival. We could just go ahead and say, I've got revival working in me now. Let, find me somebody. I want to pray for somebody. I'm tired of being complacent and timid and fearful. Am I, am I preaching to somebody here this morning? So we're living. We want to live in the call of God. So how do we create it? How do we create revival in our church? How do we create revival in our homes? How do we create revival where on our job? Pastor, it's possible to create revival on your job? Yeah, absolutely. It's possible to create revival at your, at your school, at your school, at your college, at your university. Yeah, it's possible. All you have to do is say, here am I. See, our problem is we trust more in our ability than our availability. Our problem is we tell the Lord this, Lord, I can't do that. And God says, I've equipped you. Quit telling me you can't because you can. I gave you the grace to do it. You keep telling me you can't. Quit insulting me. If I ask, listen, God will never ask you to do something that He won't equip you for. Y'all with me this morning? He'll equip you for it. Listen, God's going to tell, God, right now, every one of you here in this room, God's asking you to do something that's out of your comfort zone. But when you begin to step out on faith and say, Lord, this is what you're asking me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to be passive. I'm going to trust God. Faith without works is what? Dead. Y'all know, know that scripture, right? Some of us, we need to start working our faith. Work your faith wherever you go. So the first thing, how do we create revival? Start a prayer meeting. I could tell whether or not you want to have a revival by whether or not you come to prayer meeting. You say, well, Pastor, when are we going to have prayer meeting tomorrow night, 7 o'clock? Be here. Well, that means we're going to have to come here more. So? We want revival in our, we want revival in our homes. We want revival in our churches. We need to start having prayer meeting. Listen, we do more, about, we, we do more talking than we do prayer. Amen. And listen, when we have prayer meeting here, listen, I'm all about fellowship. I love to talk. You all know me. I love to talk. I love to talk to people. I love to listen. I love to do all these things. But listen, when we get together for prayer, with the, uh, the, the game can wait. When we get together for prayer, uh, all, that, all those stories and stuff, it can wait. We're going to spend one hour just seeking the face of God and praying for each other. Pastor, how do you, how's that going to work? That just seems so unproductive. That's not practical. It is the most practical thing you can do to bring revival in your home and in your church and in your personal life. It's the most practical thing you can do. 
most practical thing. So tonight, listen, I'm going to be here. I understand. Listen, you got work and stuff like that, but do your best to make it here. We're starting prayer meeting. Y'all with me? We're going to pray. We're going to seek the face of God. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to seek the kingdom of God. Start a prayer meeting. This is the most practical thing. Listen, a person will not grow above his life of prayer. Right? We're, we're not talking about using a prayer meeting as a preliminary. Listen, we, need, we do. We need to pray before church even starts. We need to do that. But what about if we actually met together just for the prayer meeting? Not just something that's a preliminary to something. Are y'all with me? Prayer does not prepare you. Oswald Chambers said this. Prayer does not prepare you for the greater work. It is the greater work. It is the greater work. Prayer is what it is. That's where the action is. And when you begin to pray, see, God has to have agreement in the earth for heaven to meet earth. Let me say it one more time. God has to have agreement in the earth for heaven to meet earth. And if someone would just, would just agree with the word of God and pray, and somebody say, well, why ain't God doing something? You're not praying. Why isn't God doing something? You pray, link together, and don't give up and keep on with the word of God and say, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep seeking the face of God until revival hits, and I'm going to live in revival. Right? Some of us right now, we, we may be on a slow fade, a slippery slope. We may not even see it. Right? We're, we're going to church. We're going through the motions. How many has ever been through the motions? I got, I'm, I got to do this today. I, I got to go through this motion. We're going to go through this, go through that. Get this over with. Get this done. Then we got to go here. Listen, what if, what if we just set aside our plans and just said, Lord, use me. And just begin to tell God how much you love him and praise him in your life. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus was upset because people were mistreating the house of God. And Jesus said, my house is not a house of, uh, is not a, for thieves, right? It's not a den of thieves, but it is a house of prayer. Notice he didn't say it was a house of preaching. He didn't say it was a house of teaching. He didn't say it was a house of evangelism. But he said it was a house of prayer. Have we got to the point where we might be turning church, right, into something else rather than the object of prayer where we seek the face of God together, right? Do we want revival? Do we want revival in our home? When you go home tonight, when you go home today, when you go home tomorrow, are you going to pray with your family? This is, I'm just being real. I'm just being... Are you, going to, are you going to make the decision and say, hey, we're praying together as a family today? We're going to pray because we are not going to be the type of people who's just, going to show, who's just going to show out with a revival attitude at church and not at home and not on our job and not wherever we go. We're going to show an attitude of revival wherever we go with the presence of God in our hearts. Amen, church? Listen, we're not here. We're, we're not acting. We want to be real. There's no acting here. We want to be pleasing to God, right? So the biggest reason why sometimes we don't have revival in church is because Revival hasn't started at home. And you say, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, how'd you learn to drive? So you say, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, how'd you learn how to drive a car? Y'all tell me, how'd you learn how to drive a car? You practice. So you can practice prayer, right? See, you'll never learn to pray if you don't start praying. You just got to start. Pastor, I'm going to sound stupid. No, you won't. That's the devil lying to you. 
Pastor, it's just not, I just don't pray as these seasoned prayer, these seasoned intercessors, these seasoned prayer warriors who, I mean, when they pray, it's just like, there's just a flow. And what, what happens is you're comparing how you could pray with somebody else who could pray real good, and you're missing it. You're missing the whole point. You need to stop comparing yourself to how somebody else can pray. Listen, even if it's just, even if you're just repeating yourself, man, just repeat yourself. Just say something. Do something. Are y'all with me? Just pray. Just say something. And don't compare yourself to how good somebody else can pray. Or how long they could pray. And I know I'm telling you this, and people that can pray a long time. That's why they don't ask me to pray at Thanksgiving. Can I get an amen this morning? <laughs> and so, so listen, guys, we, we got to understand the value, the value of prayer. So we need to start a prayer meeting. We'll gather here on Monday. And it don't have to be Monday. It can be Friday. It could be Saturday. Listen, we're, we're going to meet together. We're going to pray together. We've got to meet together for the sole purpose. Everybody say, sole purpose to pray. Amen. Not to talk for 45 minutes and pray 15. Amen, church. But to come in and pray for 59 minutes and talk for one minute. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. So God has called us to pray. What, what's the other practical tip? What's the other practical thing that we can do? Well, we need to let the praisers come to the front to praise God in the church. You know what happened this morning? You started feeling the presence of God. You know why you felt the presence of God? Because you started praising God. And you all gathered up front here. And you said, you know what, I'm not going to get, listen, I've got nothing, listen, I I sit in the back too, right? I sit in the back too, all right? But listen, sometimes I don't see how some of you do it because there's a lot of distractions back there. (laughs) Sometimes I look back there, man, there's all kinds of, it's like I-75 in Chattanooga going out. I'm like, man, i got to get up to the front where the action is. I don't want to be distracted. I want to receive from God today. Are y'all with me today? I want to hear what the preacher said. I want to be up front and praise God and receive the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Amen, church. So let the praisers see what you put out in front, the back will follow suit. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. Everybody say, Lord, help the preacher because he don't preach out of Chronicles that much and he... It's going to take him a long time to find it. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21 through 22. This is what it says. And this is, a, this is what verse 21 says. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Next verse. And I will read it. And it says, Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Do you know how, do you know how before they, when, when the children of Israel went to battle, do you know what they did first? They sent out Judah. Judah means praise. If we want to see a move of God in the church services, we've got to have some people willing to step out into the front and say, you know what, I'm not going to be distracted with what's in the back. Listen, I'm preaching out of love this morning. 
I'm going to come up to the front and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to seek the Lord because I'm, we're, we're, somebody's going to have a breakthrough every Sunday. We've got to get to the mentality and say somebody's going to have to have a breakthrough every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we come through. And I'm not going to sit still and just look around waiting for somebody else to obey God. I'm going to lift my hands and, and I'm going to open my mouth and say, God, I am here today and I, I'm receiving from you. But I'm also going to intercede for someone here who's bound and depressed, who's mad, who's angry, who feels like they've lost all hope. I'm going to praise God in the front because there's somebody here that needs a move of God in their life. There's somebody here that needs a personal revival in their life. So I'm going to praise God up front and not be distracted with what's going on in the back. Amen, church. So praising God, listen, praising God is active. By the way, whenever we have an altar call here, that is not the benediction. That is not the time to leave. When do we ever get to the point to where leaving at the... When, when do we ever get to the point where we thought a soul, where something else was more important than a soul being saved? When we make an altar call, I understand. If you really have to go, then go. If you really, really... Let me say it like this. If you really, 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 really have to go, go. All right? If you really, really, really have to go, go. But when we're, when we're inviting someone to give their life to God... Did you know that when you leave at that moment, it could affect someone? It could affect them. And so you need to be here because you're called the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is called to be joined together and intact together. And when you leave at the altar call, it could affect what God is doing in this house. Stay. Everybody say, stay. He's turning into Pharaoh. No, I'm not. Let my people go, right? <laughs> right? So, <laughs> but it's important for you to stay because somebody's soul is hanging in the balance. It's a matter of life and death because they're not promised this week. You are not promised this week. Why would we handle such an eternal thing, such a heavy thing so lightly? When there's an altar call, you pray, you intercede, and you pray, God, if there's anybody in here, don't just look at the pastor and say, well, I guess service is over. It's time to go. Listen, put down your pocketbook, put down your wallet, put down your coat, and stay a little while because somebody is going to get saved. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough. Listen, we don't have Sunday night service anymore, so you can stay just a little bit longer. Are y'all with me this morning? Hallelujah. So God wants us to take our time for Him because this is His time. Amen? So, are, we, are there any Judas in the house? Are there any praisers in the house? Are there any worshipers in the house? Are there anybody in here that will open their mouth and say, even if nobody else praises God, I'm going to go to the front lines and say, God, I'm available, I'm here, and I'm going to be a warrior for Christ. Amen? I'm going to be a warrior for Him. And let's also err on the side of hunger for God. We need to have a plan, but we don't need to be afraid to let God change it. Are y'all with me? We don't need to be afraid to let God change it. We need to have, yes, it's good to structure. You've got to have some structure in your church services. You've got to have structure in things. But listen, but don't get so programized. Don't get so structured that you don't let God begin to move in the people's lives. 
Let's go back to the altar call. When people are up here praying, you think I'm going to just start preaching while somebody's up here praying? No, I'm going to pray with them until they are... I believe you should pray until you break through. I believe you should pray with that person, right? Listen, when somebody's up here praying, don't be a spectator, be a participator. When somebody's up here praying or something, you pray with them. You might not come up here, but pray with them. Stretch your hand that way and say, Lord, move for them. Whatever they're praying about, move for them. Pray with them. We're called the body of Christ. We're called the family of God. We're not called to be separate. We're not called to be disconnected. Listen, when somebody's up here praying, you might, man, they're praying too long. No, you need to pray with them and help them break through to what God has for them. Amen. Man, I don't like this kind of preaching. It, it's sell, you, you, you're telling me to sacrifice. You're telling me to sacrifice. You mean I got to sacrifice my time? I got to pray for somebody? Pastor needs to do it. Pastor, no. There, here's a doctrine in the Word of God. It's called the priesthood of believers. Everyone is a priest. Everyone is a king in the kingdom of God. You're, you're a priest before God. That mean, you know what that means? You know what a priest does? They intercede for the people to God. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're called to be an intercessor. You're called to intercede for people. You're called to pray for them and minister to them. I just got saved. Welcome to the kingdom. Get to work. Amen, church. Right? Well, I need to wait until I go to Bible college. I, need, I don't have anything against that because I went to Bible college. I gotta wait to go to Bible college, gotta wait to go to seminary, gotta wait to do this. Don't wait for just take the first step and God will lead the rest. Look at your neighbor and say, get to work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We we get to work in the kingdom of God, right? Working in the kingdom of God, right? We have a structure for God's glory to rest on. Here's something else that I would like to here's something else I would like to address also. Listen. We believe in letting people express their testimony here at the church. We believe in letting people express what God's done for them here at church. But listen, sometimes I'll say yes, but sometimes I'll have to say no. Listen, not because, I don't, not because we don't want to hear it, but because the timing's not right at that moment. Are y'all with me? Because if everybody's experiencing the move of God and they're shouting and they're praising God, right? And you say, Pastor, I got something I want to say, and it's not relevant to what's going on, I may say, wait. I hit something there. I don't know if you like that or not. But you, but you got to be willing because there's a timing for things in a church service. There's a timing for things. And you got to be sensitive to the timing of God, right? And so sometimes, so why, why are you saying this, Pastor? Why are you saying, because we've got to create a culture where God's anointing and God's presence can move in the service for other people. Because I'm here to tell you, you're not the only one here. you got all kinds of other people here and they need to experience God too. Amen. So we got to understand this. we got to understand the timing of God. Listen, it's not, it's not personal. It's just not the right timing. Listen, listen, with all love and due respect, listen, just come to me. Like before you grab the microphone or before you do something like that, just come to me first. Say, Pastor, i got something i got to say. i got something i got to share with the church. Listen, I'll let you share. But listen, don't just come up here because what happens is if you just come up here and just grab the mic and just start going on, everybody else is going to think they can do it. And then they're going, to think, they're going to come up here and say, man, I, I, I could do it too. And all of a sudden, you got an out-of-control thing because they're talking about stuff that is not what God is wanting to say right now. Are y'all with me this morning? 
Amen? So, so we got to be sensitive who we let in the pulpit. we got to be sensitive who grabs the microphone. Y'all with me? we got to be sensitive to that and say, you know what? Yeah, come up here and testify. Share what God has done for you, but, but come to me first. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask this morning? Somebody shout, praise the Lord. Don't die down on me this morning. I'm just giving some instruction, right? And so you might say, well, well, God told me. God told me to do it. Well, just tell me so I can bear witness with it first, right? Just tell me. Just, just let me know, right? So we've got to be time sensitive, right? And so in any church, in any church, listen, you should never disrespect the pastor. In any church. I, listen, I'm not just talking about this church, but I'm talking about any church in this community, any church. You should not come in and disrespect him, right? Anytime. Right, you see someone, if they try to override authority in a church, they're gaining on they're getting on dangerous territory. If you overreach a request that I may have made for order in a church service, then you don't care what I think, do you? And if you don't care what I think, then why do you call me pastor? Are y'all with me? If you don't care what I think, then why do you even go to church here? Can I get a man in here in the house this morning? So just, just, just come to me. Listen, I'm easy to get along with. Just, just, just meet that request so that way we can have order in the house of God. Well, Pastor, we need, we, Pastor, we needs to be out of control where everything, no, no, no. There's got to be order, divine, everybody say divine order in the house of God. So if we have divine order in the house of God, some, everything that's said will be relevant and pertinent to the certain time. Amen, church. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. Well, Pastor, why do you have to be that way? Because I'm not going to quench the Spirit of God by being loyal to the expectations of other people. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes we can be so loyal because we want to we want to be loyal to that expectation, right? I got, oh no, that person, we got to be loyal to their expectations. You're going to have to answer to God. Are y'all with me? You're going to have to answer to God for that. And listen, we got to be willing to please God in everything that we do, right? And listen, I love you too much. Y'all love me this morning. Do y'all love me this morning? I love you too much to be afraid of hurting your feelings. Y'all love me this morning. I love you too much to be afraid of hurting your feelings. And sometimes I have to tell you the truth. It's not like, oh, yes, I'm not this pastor that's like, oh, yes, I get to hurt your feelings today. Do you know how hard that is? But I love you too much to be afraid of hurting you, to get you on a higher level with God and say, Pastor, thank God you hurt me a little bit so I could grow. Amen. So I could grow. How many wants to grow in the Lord? See, many people, they pray for revival. They pray for change, right? As long as they don't have to change. Oh, Lord, send revival. Oh, Lord, send revival, right? But, they, but they're, not give, they're not willing to give up some of their lifestyle living. They're not willing to live a holy life. Lord, send it, send it, send it, send it. Are you praying in your living room? Are you praying at home? Are you seeking the face of God where you're at? Because listen, if you only seek the face of God here, you're missing the boat. You're missing the mark. You've got to seek the face of God. I must. Listen, if people around me are going to be revived, have you ever looked around 
And you're like, man, what's wrong with people? Why ain't they excited about God? Have you ever done that before? I've done that. Man, why ain't people excited about God? Man, they're, they're more excited about other things. And nobody's excited about church. Nobody's excited about the kingdom of God. Nobody's excited. But listen, if people around me are going to be revived, then I must be revived. And listen, when you start reviving yourself and say, God, revive me, revive me, or people around you, they'll start sensing something, the presence of God, and all of a sudden the move of God will begin to happen because you started to move. Revival. Who does revival start with? Me. It starts with you. So if you're out here hollering, Lord, send revival, Lord, send revival, don't look at me, look at you. Because revival starts with you. And when you begin to praise God and say, you know what, I don't have to have anybody to rally me or pep me up. Come on now. i got to pep you up to praise God. i got to pep you. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can praise God. Listen, but when you get to the point where you don't have to pet me, I've got a relationship with God. I don't have to be rallied into it. I don't have to be hyped into it because I've got a relationship with God. Amen? I don't have to, I don't have, to have a rally. My goodness, just start. Somebody sing a song, Amazing Grace, Living by Faith, Blessed Assurance, something. Amen? Lord, sin revival. Sin revival. Are you complacent this morning? Are you complacent? What's your next step? What's your next step? Do you play music? Oh, don't tell pastor I know how to play. Do you play music? Do you sing? Do you, do you want to serve the community? Do you want to evangelize? What's God calling you? What's your next step? Have you been ducked in water yet? Baptism. Have you? What's your next step, right? Y'all with me? You got a next step. Don't disobey God. Take your next step. Fulfill the calling that God has on your life. Are you lukewarm? Are you lukewarm and complacent? Are you not burning fire, hot passion for Jesus Christ? Where you're ready to serve Him every day of your life? Amen. Glory to God. Lord, send revival. Everybody say that with me. Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. If you're wanting revival in your life and you feel it, I know you do. I know you feel this burning inside of your heart. God, revive me, revive my family. If you feel this in your heart, just listen, come on up. We got to wait for him to get the music. You don't have to wait for the music. Come on up. You want revival in you? You want, it, you want to burn with passion for God? Right? You know, the Bible says that Peter followed Jesus at a distance. Did y'all catch that? Peter followed Jesus at a distance. Are you following Jesus at a distance? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but, but I, 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 there's just some things that I don't do because it's going to make other people feel uncomfortable. Right? There's just some things I just don't want to, I don't want to take that first step. Listen, God's got a next step for you. You want revival in your life? You want God to show you how to take the next step? Now's the time. This is the opportunity. This is the time. And say, Lord, here am I. Lord, here I am. I'm ready to lay hands on people and pray for them, right? Lord, I'm ready to seek you. I'm ready to seek the face of God. Lord, some of you right now, you're up here, but you may not know what your next step is. You're up here, but you may not know where God's leading you. But today, that's going to change. God's going, to move, God's going to move you in certain areas. 
Everybody say this with me. God is doing a new thing in my life. Who wants revival this morning? Hallelujah. Let's all stand together in Jesus' name. I'm going to anoint every one of you with oil. Praise the Lord. Glory to God.